This episode of Writing Excuses is brought to you by Audible. Visit audiblepodcast.com slash excuse to start your free trial membership. This is Writing Excuses, Season 6, Episode World Con 3, Gender Roles, Black, White, and Gray. Fifteen minutes long. Because you're in a hurry? And we're not that smart. I'm Brandon. I'm Howard. I'm Mary. And we have special guest star, Keffy. This is Keffy Curley. Keffy is a uh, Writers of the Future winner. Uh, you can find his work in Writers of the Future 27, uh, also a Clarion graduate in Apex, and, um, oh, for crying out loud, I did not write down the last of the... Where else have you been, Keffy? Um, I've had stories in Fantasy Magazine and Orson Scott Card's Intergalactic Medicine Show, as well as several small press publications. And one of the things that um, I invited Keffy to come talk with us about is Keffy is um, female-to-male transsexual and, uh, and writes really interesting fiction dealing with uh, gender roles. And, and one of the things that I particularly enjoy is that it makes me think about the fact that uh, gender is not always male, female, particularly when you're dealing not just with people, but also with alien races, that right. there are there are a lot of other ways to think about it. It's a much, much broader spectrum than most fiction tends to, to deal with. So um, I wanted to start by asking you if you could talk to us a little bit about the, the spectrum. Oh, my gosh. I know. <laughs> um, the spectrum is much wider than even I can imagine, basically, because there's... Um, yeah, I, I mean, usually a lot of people will break it down into um, they'll look at just people who are transitioning from one sex to the other and then act as if that's pretty much the whole thing. But um, there are people who transition from one sex to the other. There are people who don't feel like they're either sex at all. And then there are people who um, identify as, oh, my gosh. Yeah, who, who I mean, there's 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 none and other. Yeah. Um, also involved. And basically um yeah people don't <laughs> don't normally think about this like for instance when i started reading up on 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 asexual as a sexual orientation mm-hmm. i was fascinating like fascinated to read about this because you're right we kind of fall into the same stereotypes and even though when even when we think we're covering all our bases we're really just falling into a few we we add a few more pegs right. that we have and there there's there's a broad spectrum out there Right, well, like I was, um, I was just reading about uh, 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 Burton Ernie, uh-huh. and on Sesame Street, right? And and people want them to either, th- yeah. people want them to be gay, yeah. And and as if it's impossible for two men living together to be just friends, right? And it's it's interesting that people have this urge, even with puppets who do not have lower body parts, to fit them into some form of some hole, some spot that came out really well, wrong. The lower body, <laughs> the lower body part is typically Mary. an I elbow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and that's, that's actually, so that's, uh, I mean, I feel bad that I'm so tongue-tied, but I'm like, wow, I'm going to define the undefinable now. But um, the, the gay issue is actually one that comes up because a lot of people get the impression that someone is going to transition from one sex to the other, um, and therefore they will then be you know, only attracted to what is now the quote-unquote opposite sex, whereas that usually has nothing to do with it because um, gender and sexual orientation are related but separate issues. Yeah. Um, 
And how when you're when you're writing this, like in the um, the writers of the future story, you were you, the main characters are transsexual, mm -hmm. and one of the things um, that I thought was interesting about it was the way you signal that in the in the book. Can you talk a little bit about uh, in the story? Can you talk a little bit about how you how you get us past that? perception of, well, this character is going to be male or this character is going to be female. Like, what was your approach when you were going into that? Um, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give a little bit of backstory on my writing of the story, which is probably more um, just me talking about myself a little bit, but um, I actually didn't realize that it was possible to be female to male transsexual until I was 20. So I have a lot of, of background of thinking of things as being very binary. So when I decided that I was going to start writing about people who were like myself, I actually realized that I had to deconstruct it um, and think about gender in different ways, even than I was used to um, thinking about myself. Because not only did I have to figure out how the character was thinking, but I then had to communicate it to people who... Um, are average readers and may not think about these sorts of things on a, on a daily or regular basis. Um, people who, like myself, maybe six or seven years ago, hadn't really thought about it. Um, and so signaling it was interesting because many people who are transsexual and have, if they have decided to transition in any way, there's a lot of, in a lot of cases, you can't tell um, and they don't want you to tell. Um, and that's an an another entire issue when it comes to things like outing people who are transsexual. Mm. Um, and so signaling it was interesting because um, I know that the character did not want to be seen that way. Um, he considered himself to be male and was male. Um, and so it was more of um, thinking of him as a person who had a different background than most men who are running around as bounty hunters. Because um, he was also a bounty hunter, because bounty hunters are cool. Do you mind if I jump in here and ask a question? Um, Mary, uh, I'm, we're, we're having Mary drive this one because she kind of brought this podcast together. But I have a question. Our last podcast was on writing the other, mm -hmm. um, ab about writing other cultures specifically. Um, but do you see things this ever done wrong? Are there, are there hints and advice you can give to writers who are listening? They're like, I want to do this the right way. Um, is there advice you can give us? Oh, let's get into the juicy stuff. Um, <laughs> I think the, the biggest thing I see people do wrong is they jump immediately into the most obvious stereotype. Um, and that's because transgender and transsexual people are a mostly invisible a minority. So all people have ever seen is one or two stereotypes and maybe a Jerry Springer episode. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> and the stereotype I see most often is the idea that it's a, some kind of a big reveal. This mm. is sort of a, a crying game type story where, right. where you don't know and then at the end someone's puking in a shower. Um, and it's, it's usually the stories are fairly disrespectful and it's kind of at odds with, I, I, I take it, I don't know. And how do I say this? Well, in many ways, I think it's what we were talking about in the writing the other. It's that it, it can't be, that's can't be the only thing about the person. Right. Yeah. That's not the only story. It's, it's usually right. not the only thing that happens in someone's life. And I have never had a, a situation in my life in which I, you know, shocked someone with some sort of a big reveal because usually it's, um, yeah. Okay. I, I, I get that. I get I want to, yeah. I want to come back to something you yeah. said earlier that I think is critically important for us as writers. Um, you decided to write about a character who had, uh, some of the same attributes that you have. Yes. 
And in beginning that process, you realized that you hadn't answered, much less asked, some critical questions of yourself about who you really were. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, you had to... It, suddenly you were on a voyage of discovery before you could write about this character. You had to learn some things about yourself. I think whether or not members of our audience, members of our, our you know, people who want to write, whether or not you're transgendered or, uh, you know, gay or straight or whatever, if you're going to write about people, you're going to go on a voyage of discovery yourself and figure out who you are so that the people you're writing about feel real. Or at least you should <laughs> go on. Or at, least, <laughs> or at least you darn well better. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go ahead and stop for our book of the week. All right. Um, I'm actually going to um, uh, pitch this one at Kefi. You were going to pitch a book for us? Yeah. Um, I recently read, although it's been out for a couple of years, um, The Lies of Locke Lamora by Scott Lynch. And absolutely loved it. Um, it's basically take an epic fantasy setting and then throw a heist story in on top of it. Um, it's The book is long but felt really short because I just flew through it. Um, it's. I also liked that Scott does not pull any punches with this one. Um, if you've got mobsters, they're going to be brutal, and they are in this book. So I, I like that, that feeling that really bad things can happen to characters I, I care deeply about. So I was really... I was on the edge of my seat for that one. Um, I'll throw in a slight content warning on this one. Um, <laughs> just so, just <laughs> listeners so you know, but it, it, uh, Liza Lockmore is a great book and it's interesting because I actually, uh, I, I, my second novel was a heist novel in the fantasy world and I wrote it because I'm like, nobody's doing these, I wanna do it. And then we both kind of came out with our books at the same time and it's interesting to see the completely different takes because I couldn't leave epic fantasy alone and mine starts as a heist novel, but it just kind of turns into an epic fantasy because I love epic fantasy. Liza Lockmore stays a heist novel. It's a great heist novel. Yeah. Head on out to audiblepodcast.com slash excuse. You can kick off a 14-day free trial membership and uh, download The Lies of Locke Lamora by Scott Lynch for free. So what are some of the other um, really, really horrible stereotypes that make you want to claw your eyes out? Um. Because we love those. Well, <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, one of the things is um, when someone decides to write about a transsexual character and then completely um, is using it as an analog for another type of character, um, usually this happens in things that I like to call transformation stories, um, where the character is a boy at the beginning of the story and then through some magical means gets turned into a girl. And then we have wacky hijinks. Mm -hmm. um, and y the thing with these stories is they could be a really interesting way to um, examine gender and, and gender expectations, like the expect expectation that someone who's lived as a, um, a young man might have when he's suddenly confronted with um, the way that women are viewed in society. But usually what we end up getting is a lot of stereotypes that are even just about women. Mm -hmm. So, you know, suddenly it's like, oh, my goodness, I have boobs. I must play with them in front of the mirror for the reader's amusement. You know, it's that sort of thing. I hope that's not going too far. No, we're, we're, we're good. <laughs> Howard has gone far further. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, I actually have, have, have something I want to kind of toss at this podcast um, is the idea that um, as you're world building, 
gender roles seem to be something that a lot of fantasy writers ignore. Mm -hmm. um, science fiction writers don't as much, but even still, a lot of science fiction writers, and I think it's actually a fascinating method of world building, fascinating aspect of world building that largely gets ignored. People will focus on the physical world building. They'll, they'll make interesting races. They'll make interesting, you know, geologic formations or whatever, but they ignore some of these things. Um, and I think you can, you can approach gender roles in a really interesting way. Um, do we have any advice, any of us, uh, for listeners about approaching gender roles? What to do if you're going to write a fantasy world that's going to have a different style of gender role? I think one thing is to always think about the uh, the groundwork. You know, uh -huh. if, if you have a matriarchal society, yeah. why is it matriarchal? Mm -hmm. um, how does that play out? Like, I I I wrote a story where I, I made the terrible mistake. I had um, it was an all alien all the time story, and I yeah. had it was a matriarchal society, but I had all of my girls, all of my females, behaving like girls. And that's not the role that they would have mm -hmm. in a society where they are the people in power. Yet if you just swatch, switch it and they all act like men, you've accomplished nothing exactly. also. And that's the, kind of the other way to not go is we're going to write a matriarchal society, but the women are just going to be men mm -hmm. and the men are just going to be women. Yeah. Um, you, you have to think about it almost like rules of magic. Yeah. It's if, if this happens, then this is going to happen. And where is the cause and effect? Where does that chain happen? What, what happens next? If I change this one piece, what happens because of that? Yeah. Well, any, um, any society that you create in a fantasy world um, no matter how many gender roles you end up creating, um, every gender role, if it's defined by the society, will have some important function um, in the society, and that is probably what the society is going to use to define those people. Um, there is a there's a, a, a group of people in, I believe, Papua New Guinea called the Garai people, and one of the ways that they define women is uh, their ability to sort rice, <laughs> because sorting rice is really important in their society, and that's what women do. So if you decide that you, if, if you learn how to sort rice really well, then you are a woman. And, and, and that's, that's how um, society defines you. My husband grew up in Hawaii, and, and it is interesting because the, um, the gender roles are, are a little bit more fluid there. Mm -hmm. um, so you'll, you'll have these um, great big hulking, you know, construction worker guys, and they wear flowers in their hair because mm -hmm. they like flowers. And you know they'll they'll dance and they're very they're very um, soft in a lot of ways and yet they could kill you. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll look at. Uh, I'm going to bring up two examples at the risk of. Um, I'm going to bring up a pro and a con. Mm -hmm. um, just in my personal um, experience, I really do like. People complain about it. I really like how Robert Jordan handles gender, gender roles. If you read the the Wheel of Time books, this is a world where women have been. Um, can use magic, and if men use magic, they go insane and kill everybody that they love and eventually have to be, you know, they have to be hunted down. And so women ha are in this great position of authority in the world, and yet a lot of traditional gender roles, if you're not a woman with this power, are, are, not, are not necessarily affected because it's kind of a lot of rural communities. And so the clash between the most powerful people in the world are women, plus kind of traditional gender roles in small towns, adds to this really interesting dynamic. And if men have the magic, their new gender role, men are dangerous, um, adds this entire subtext to the entire books. And it makes some people really annoyed by the female characters because female characters start taking on some of, in society, they gain some of the, the, the male privilege we have. There's female privilege. Mm -hmm. And it's just a subtle thing. And men who read the book get really annoyed by these women. 
but it's really they're getting annoyed by the concept of female privilege and not really recognizing it. Um, there's a con, and um, I hate mentioning names, and I usually don't, but there is a book series out there um, where a, an author did something very similar, where women who use the magic turn evil, and men who use the magic don't. And this was played extremely poorly. Um, mm -hmm. And it's, it's, it's by actuation. If you can kind of look at this and see how it was, there, that could be a really cool um, thing. But instead, it's, it just has this horrible subtext of women are evil playing into kind of this classic stereotypes of Wait, the, well, the, no, the, the witch and it's not just that, that. Yeah. it's not that women are evil it's yeah. that women who have power are yes. women who have yeah. power are evil and this is actually an, a feminist and not only women women who have power they would all turn evil and they would all turn lesbian not because of the magic that wasn't stated <laughs> they just all happened to do this because if they have power, it's what, what they're going to do. And it's, a, and it's an atrocious book. It's insulting in almost every chapter. And yet it's, it's basically the same concept, mm -hmm. done extremely poorly on one hand and done really well, in my opinion, on the other hand. Uh, well, you brought up something that I think is really interesting, which is the difference between um, privileged communities in terms of class right. and like a small town gender role situation. Because if you look at, let's say, um, gender roles in America, yeah. it is not the same um, across all of America because there are a lot of smaller communities within the larger community. And it and also differs by age, too. And it differs by age. So um, that's also, if, especially if you're doing secondary world building, just broaden, your, um, broaden what you're looking at and try to think of how, how can you contrast it within your own world because then you give the characters something to be right. tense about. And the, the best ways to approach it, I maintain, is to put sympathetic viewpoints on all sides mm -hmm. to make it not an easy issue because these are not, you know, it, these, when people are, are disagreeing on what a gender role should be or things like this, you, you do, I think as a writer, you don't want the reader to say, well, obviously this person's right. You want them to say, wow, this is really interesting because everybody's kind of talking and it's really muddy and it's real because of that. One of the most interesting gender role experiences I've had recently was when uh, I had to sign the covers of about 1,500 books. And it, it has to be my signature because that's what people are paying for. Uh, my colorist, Travis, was also there to sign the covers of these 1,500 books. And so you got a couple of strapping men in you know my living room, me, you know me and Travis were both strapping men, <laughs> and our job is to scribble things. And my 16-year-old daughter and my uh, petite, lovely wife Sandra were the ones responsible for feeding us 30-pound boxes of books. And so Travis and I are sitting and making little movements with our hands, while the women are doing all the heavy schlepping up and down the stairs into and out of the garage and there's a part of me that's screaming and saying no no this I can I I'm big I should be and Sandra told me no sit down and shut up your job is to make the little squiggles I can move these boxes and so she did and we need to recognize that um, we're not just writing fun fictions when we turn gender roles uh, that we're stereotypically familiar with on their heads, we're writing about real things. This stuff really does happen every day in our own homes. Absolutely, and also that we all come loaded with cultural bias that we have grown mm -hmm. up with, and that, that we can't assume that, that what we think is right is, is actually appropriate for whatever culture we're writing. Yeah. All right. Um, I am going to go ahead, and I, I made the guess to it last time, so I'm going to throw it at Howard. Uh -oh. Howard, you've got to give us a writing prompt. 
Okay, writing prompt. Um, take something that you do that you think is unique to you, not only because it's, it's your thing, but because it's, it's maybe gender-related to you. Take it and hand it to somebody, a character in your book, who you think is completely unqualified for it, unable to do it, um, and now define, define their character around the reasons why they have to accept that task or that role or that whatever and, and make that work. All right. This has been Writing Excuses. You're out of excuses. Now go write. Thank you so much, Kevin. That was great. If you aren't familiar with Locus Magazine, they're a long-standing and respected website, magazine, archive, and resource for science fiction, fantasy, and horror. Basically, they're the industry magazine for our genre. They also run the annual Locus Awards, a top-tier award that recognizes new, diverse, and excellent voices in speculative fiction. They tell the storyteller's stories through author interviews, book reviews, curated reading lists, international industry news, obituaries, and more. Locus has meant a lot to me, both personally and professionally. In my career, I've been interviewed by them, and I've also turned to them as a source of understanding who is involved in the industry. Locus is holding their annual fundraising drive to keep their doors open, lights on, and future bright. I'll be contributing to their crowdfunding campaign by donating a cutscene, some original art, and a couple of other things like, do you want to do a one-on-one chat with me? So join me in supporting Locus. Locus. 